Welcome to The Road to Motherhood. If this is your first time to join me, welcome to the show and I hope you enjoy listening. And if you have listened before, I'd just like to say thank you for your support. Before we begin, one thing I wanted to remind you of is the different ways that you can get in touch with me. Now, if you want to contact me on Instagram, I have an account at Colette Centeno Fox. If you prefer to Facebook me, I have a page called IVF Got This. And if you prefer to email me directly, my email address is ColetteCentenoFox at Outlook.com. I would love to hear from each and every one of you, whether it's a story that you want to share with me, if you need advice for anything, or if it's just feedback on any of my podcasts or anything that you would like to hear in the future. Now, during this episode, my guest is an IVF warrior all the way from Toronto, Canada. Her name is Stephanie Macri. Welcome, Stephanie. And how are you today? Hi, Colette. Thank you. No worries. Lovely to have you. Now, can we start off by telling the listeners a little bit about your fertility story? Absolutely. Um, so my husband and I got married uh, about 10 years ago. And so it's a very traditional trying to conceive uh, whirlwind. We obviously tried uh, naturally for a while. Yeah. Um, I've always had my, my periods were always on, on time. I was very, I had a very predictable schedule. So there was really never anything that would make me think that something was wrong. And so we tried to conceive naturally for quite a while. And then I started to obsess where I would be Googling how to conceive and, you know, purchased all those ovulation kits and still nothing. Um, went to see my doctor and um, we he was convinced everything was good. Keep trying. You're healthy. You and your husband are healthy. There's no history of infertility in your family. Um, my husband being uh, one of five, you know, who has has never, there's been never any infertility uh, situations in our, in our family. Yeah. And so um, the unfortunate thing is, you know, after a considerable amount of time, I was very adamant that something was wrong. And we started to test and um, we ended up learning that my husband, unfortunately, was being faced with uh, severe male factor infertility, very low sperm count, mm-hmm. um, high uh, DNA fragmentation numbers, which in for us was very... Um, detrifying um we naturally ivf was the immediate solution uh proposed by our doctor Uh, iui was uh being advised that this is not something that would benefit us and so we went straight to ivf with ICSI. Um, And for those who are unfamiliar of the the different terms, ICSI was more about putting the sperm directly into the egg for fertilization. Um, So it was more of a higher tech sort of solution. And we, our first IVF cycle, very grateful, we were able to conceive our son, Mason, through that. 
And then naturally, we wanted to grow and expand our family. And with that came two unsuccessful IVF cycles, which I'm sure anyone listening could attest. It could be life shattering and all the... um, all the drama and grief that sort of followed um, with that journey. So that was pretty much in a nutshell of how, where I am today. Okay, and do you find that um, infertility has changed you much as a person? Oof. When I think of that naive uh, girl who, and I'm going to say yeah. girl, because... <laughs> um, I was someone who had, and you know, this is not even a bad thing, but I had never struggled in my life. I had a very, you know, simple, positive upbringing where, you know, I was very sheltered, um, where I grew up learning that, you know, Stephanie, if you want something hard enough, all you have to do is work hard and good things will come. Well, with infertility, it's quite, I I wouldn't say it's the opposite, but that motto doesn't hold true. And for me, I really struggled with having to struggle. Um, And that whole process really changed me. I became negative. Mm -hmm. I became depressed. Mm -hmm. I became bitter, withdrawn, isolated. Um, I was someone, you know, uh, you know, you ask someone like my husband who who's seen me from the outside, yeah. looking in, and he's like, no one knew who who I was and who I'd become. Yeah. But when we talk about change, that that wasn't the change. That was just my reaction towards yeah. it all. But when I think of the person that is walking out of this storm versus the person who's coming in. Wow. Instrumental change. Um, I am extremely grateful when I take a look at, you know, um, the type of individual I am. The person who's able to be mindful and and appreciate the simple things that life has given me and appreciate everyone around me. When I take a look at my son, obviously we appreciate our yeah. kids, yeah. right? But when I take a look at him and really take a look at him, knowing what I've gone yeah. through to, to get him here, it's it's just at a different, it's a different yeah. level. Um, but at the same time, grief and under being able to understand, understand grief um, has really allowed a different level of empathy that I'm able to give back mm-hmm. to others. Um, when I see someone truly, you know, suffer with, you know, I've never been through a miscarriage. Okay. Um, and just knowing, being able to even give back on that level, I'm someone who's struggling to conceive and being able to not just sit here and give advice yeah it's about literally sitting in that dark hole with them yeah and trying to get them through yeah. it not through advice because ultimately there's nothing anyone can say to someone who is struggling to conceive yeah. to, to make them feel yeah. better 
Um, it's about living through it with them. And going through this process has allowed me to truly understand grief at a different level. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head there. I think it's true what you said. You can't really give advice to anyone going through it because ultimately when you are going through it, you don't want to really listen to anyone and you block everyone else out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so you really just need the support by your side. I mean, so touching on that, um, what affects did or has infertility had on your mental health? You mentioned depression and grief and anxiety. Yeah. Big time. Um, so when you just mentioned three different variations, yeah. um, you know, but you go through the different, different stages yeah. um, with grief. You start with the anxiety of oh my God, will I become a mom? Is this for me? What am I going to do if I'm not a mom? It, we, I feel that as women, we were put on this earth for like a purpose, yes. yeah. right? And when we take a look at not being able to fulfill the way we see our life and being able to mentally conceptualize it and pivot, that that's a hard pill to swallow mentally, um, to pivot the way you saw your life. Yeah. Um, so for me, it, it was, it was really, truly a struggle with a having to conceive, but then for me, the biggest impact was the failures Yeah, that IVF, um, came and with. Did you find that, and did you find that the second yeah. time it happened, it was a lot harder than the first? Oh, big yeah. time um, for me, because first of all, I thought not that, you know what? It's funny because going through IVF the first time, I remember going through my stims and I, I was on the GO train um, going into work into the city. I work in the city and I was on the train going into work. And I remember texting my friend in, in the morning saying, I don't know if I can do this anymore. I can't do this. And I remember breaking yeah. down. And this was my first, and I don't know what failure looks like at this mm -hmm. point. And me thinking, I can't do this. And so when the second cycle of IVF came about, I didn't know what it meant to fail. I thought, you know what? I did this the first yeah. time. I can do this the second yeah. time, yeah. right? But going into it and coming out of it with failure, culture shock culture shock because not only is it hard to conceive naturally but then to go through all you go through with the cycle and having to to fail absolutely that took me to a next level of grief yes. um and then the second time going through a second it, it just for me and especially it was change protocols. It was a different reaction, different medication. Yeah. And I just mental health withdrawn. You know, I had an expectation of support. The support that I got from my surroundings the second time around was very different right. compared to the first. Okay. Um, because a lot of people took a look at me and said she has a child she should just be grateful that this is what she has so a failure shouldn't mean as a great of a deal yeah. 
as it would be to someone who didn't, but it, it's not true. Um, and we shouldn't take away the grief that comes up along with failure, even though someone does have an existing child, because it doesn't mean that they're necessarily ungrateful, right? Because that was the one thing that people used to say stuff. Just be grateful for what yeah. you have. And it wasn't about that. It wasn't about being ungrateful. It was, you still had that sense of loss. Yes. And that unrealistic view of what life looks like. I wanted at least two children. You know, I wanted my son to have a sibling. It wasn't a, about me at that point. It was, oh my gosh, what am I going to do if my son, you know, doesn't have a sibling? What is that going to look be mean for him if something, heaven forbid, happens to me or my husband and he's on this earth without, and I'm putting air quotes, family, yeah, yeah. right? So for me, that played a huge, huge deal on my mental health. Okay. And then, so having gone through all of that and you mentioned support, now how important is it or has it been for you to have a partner support you through it all? You know what? Absolutely, it's important important to have a partner support because infertility can have an amount uh, a ground i like an instrumental amount of of hardships on on your on your marriage on your relationships um you know we can people deal with grief in different yeah. ways and, and for me me and my husband dealt with it very differently right. Um, and when I take a look at, you know, what happened to my marriage, it, it fell apart for in, in, in a great yeah. deal. Um, and it was majorly, um, the majority of it was because of me. Um, and when I say because of me, it's, I had all these expectations. Um, I had a lot of resentment thinking, you know, is this just because of me and my husband? Would things have been different if I would have chosen a different partner? Mm -hmm. That's where my mind started to go. I started to question, you know, my choices and started to lose perspective of, of what it meant, of why I fell in love with my husband. And I became very withdrawn. Mm -hmm. Um, I, you know what, I'm going to be very honest and open with you guys. I, at one point, I had asked my husband just to, to let me go. Yeah. Let me go. Um, I don't want to be in this marriage anymore. Um, and if it wasn't for my husband, and it, hand on heart, you know, if the roles were reversed, I don't know how I would have handled Yeah. But he said, I love you enough to, you know, he goes, to let you go if this is what you want. But I cannot let you go in the state that you're in because this is not, this is not Stephanie. Right. This is not Stephanie that I met. This is not Stephanie that this is the way she copes with um, struggles and grief. Mm-hmm. And I am going to help you through this. And when you've gotten to the other side, if this is still what you want, then by all means, I want to see you happy. And I always say my husband saved my life 
because if it wasn't for his support in identifying a that I had a problem mm-hmm. B that I needed to get the necessary help and make the necessary changes in my life to get to that space yeah. I I would have torn apart my family I would have continued to wallow in my grief and be in my dark hole but he really struggled with me in terms of trying to lift me out yeah. and 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 he did and I to this day I have fallen deeper in love with my husband and I say that because knowing what we've been through yeah. and ha- getting to the other side I can't imagine anything being able to tear us apart at this point if anything it made us stronger to know that we've been through hell and back and and I'm grateful that's for that every single day and um, oh, that's, that's a really nice story and, and nice to know that you've become stronger as a couple as well now in yeah. your blog you've written a piece called Through His Eyes and you experienced PPH can you tell the listeners what PPH is and a little mm-hmm. bit more about what happened Absolutely. As if the IVF process wasn't hard enough, um, <laughs> I experienced PPH when I uh, went through my delivery. PPH stands for postpartum hemorrhage, mm-hmm. and it's a very it happens to a very small percentage of women through um, through delivery, and um, and really can is one of the main um reasons of when um women uh, in terms of maternal death um and my husband wrote this article article blog um through his eyes because it was a piece i felt that this was a piece in my journey that i wasn't able to articulate yeah. because i only know it through his eyes because i wasn't physically and mentally here. Um and what it means was so I my I had gestational diabetes when when I was pregnant with my son. And so my son was grew at a very rapid pace. So I was monitored very closely um through especially towards the end of my pregnancy and I remember being really anxious thinking oh my gosh this baby is getting so big how in the world am I going to conceive mm-hmm. like naturally how am I going to deliver naturally um and by naturally even with the intervention of the glorious epidural <laughs> um you know so they were measuring his weight um through through the end and I kept asking my doctor when are we going to deliver this baby and he was very adamant on having a natural right. delivery and letting it happen naturally but when he got to what the doctors had anticipated to be around 8 uh pounds they're like okay we're going to induce you at this point which they did so to make a very long-winded story short i i was I was contracting um very long. I I'd gone through about 13 hours of of labor to only learn that I I went from 1 cm to 3 cm dilated. So I was contracting f- 
for many hours. And so when they decided to give me a C-section, they went to cut me mm-hmm. um, where my uterus was still contracting after the delivery. And because the contracting of my uterus was still sort of continuing to go at a rapid pace, mm-hmm. um, I started to to bleed quite significantly yeah. um, after um, my um, my C-section, which allow which caused me to go into a lower my it. A ca- Excuse me. It, it it caused my blood pressure to lower significantly, right. so much so that I remember, like, you know, this. It's crazy how I remember them putting the baby on my chest, and I remember looking at him, and I'm like, I was overwhelmed with emotion, as any mother is when they are able to see their child for the first time. But I remember in my head saying, "Get this." kid mm. off this baby off of me because I need I need to sleep I need I remember feeling I need to sleep I need to sleep I need to sleep and I remember closing my eyes mm. and that was sort of the end of what I remember right. um, and then comes in my husband's story of how people started to panic and he goes you know thinking of like you know attributing it to a scene out of Grey's Anatomy or uh, ER dating back on those like traumatic um, you know where people are calling out orders um, you know like just frantically working around me um, and then I, I ended up having to get um, three blood transfusions because I was near like death levels. It had dropped in, in into the 20s. And my husband said he was watching. He was just fixated on my monitor, just watching. And he's thinking to myself, after everything that we've been through, how can it end like yeah. this kind yeah. of thing? And he was, and he's the positive guy. I'm the one who always looks at, you know, the, uh, the worst case scenarios. Yeah. He's always the silver lining guy. And for him to go to that place thinking that he was going to lose me. um, And, you know, they started, they had to transfuse the blood into me quite, they didn't have the traditional ways to put it through the intravenous, right? They couldn't, they were reacting so quickly that they, I've been told they had to manually pump in the blood directly uh, into my leg. Um, to to get the blood into me fast, right. fast and furious, and until it slowly started to my heart rate and blood pressure started to to stabilize. And I remember opening up my eyes, kind of looking around, saying, "You know, where's where's Mason? Like, that, where's my yeah. son? I want to see him." Not realizing that I had missed out on the first moments of my son's life yeah. and, and and that to me also played a great deal into sort of my postpartum later on and sort of how that impacted you know the breastfeeding and not being able to to do all that because I missed it I missed it so all. how long altogether were you out he tell my husband tells me a few hours 
Oh, for okay. me, obviously, it felt like a few moments. Yeah. He said a few hours. I was in the NICU, like I, for 24 hours for close monitoring before they put me into um, just a normal, like the NICU room. I was in uh, the ICU unit for 24 hours, so for close monitoring afterwards. Okay, so having been through all of that and through your IVF and afterwards, you said that you suffered from depression. Now, could you explain to listeners who might not have experienced this what it feels like? The depression for me was... It was a numbness. Um, it was... It was an isolated feeling of just numbness. I was very sleepy. I was very disengaged. I did not find simple pleasures in things. I remember it was Christmas um, and just sitting on the couch, drinking my coffee, staring into space. Um, When my son is so... Christmas, who doesn't enjoy Christmas? And, you know, Santa coming and, you know, having all these these great moments. Um, all these moments that I worked so hard to to, to obtain. Yeah. And I just, I wasn't interested. Um, family, which has always been number one priority for me. It took, um, it was no longer a priority for me. Um, I mean, I know I just mentioned earlier that I was willing to to let go of my marriage. I no longer, you know, me and my mom had a very close relationship. She was like, she was my best friend. We would talk every day. Um, I'd go through weeks without calling her, wanting to even talk to her. Um, My sister, you know, was going through really great moments in her life. She had gotten engaged and she was, you know, going through exciting things of her own. And I... I could care less. I just went through and looking back and people from the outside looking at me probably thought I, and this is how isolation happens. They take a look at you not understanding um, sort of the emotions that you're going through and you become a very, people will look at you and judge you to be a very selfish human being. It's like, how can she be so self-absorbed and make it all about yeah. her? Um, and for me, it was, and I didn't see it. You don't see it. You don't feel yeah. it um, until, you know, you need to really hit rock bottom. And everyone's rock bottom is different. And for me, it was losing relationships uh, with those closest to me. And taking a look at my son growing deeper and deeper entrenched relationships between him and my husband. And I sort of started to fade away. Um, And for me, it's like I missed out. I missed out on my son's first year because I was so deep in the trenches in my own mental grief that I feel that I missed out on many of my son's firsts. And when I say missed out, obviously I was there, physically there, but I don't remember the joys of experience what his first steps were and his first words. When I take a look at my son now, who's just, you know, who's six 
and uh, you know losing his first tooth for example when i take a look at the emotions i felt about him losing his first yeah. tooth which is not as significant when you compare it to first steps milestones and you know first words but you know the joys that i feel or even the emotions and sensitivity like me crying over a loss yeah. tooth When I take a look at the difference between the two, if you're not feeling these great impactful moments and you're not feeling emotion, those are huge signs that something something's wrong and you need you need to take action. You need to take control of your life because if you don't, you'll continue to spiral. Yeah. And so having gone through that, how did you help yourself to become strong again? You know, I have I I grabbed when when I knew I was going to have this talk with you. I I uh I grabbed this book yeah. that I have that for me was and everybody has different triggers. Mm-hmm. For example, um I obviously thought that I was encouraged to reach out and speak to a professional. Um because for me you know the the power and support of my family and loved ones who've never you know gone through supporting this type of grief yeah. um couldn't do the job on their own and so i went to speak to to a psychologist who specialized there's tons what i realized which i didn't know before but there are tons of psychologists who specialize in the grief that comes with infertility um especially those there's a lot being so common nowadays is that there's even psychologists now with the whole pandemic doing virtual sessions yeah. um on you know who have experienced infertility personally but are also psychologists so they're able to empathize a great deal when you know talking about their practice and the and their their in their profession for me looking back 8 years ago um these support groups weren't as as popular mm-hmm. um there wasn't you know there was instagram but these support groups through instagrams were not very common um and for me that 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 has helped um it's helped to give back yeah and so i know sorry i i talked about this book that i was referred to by my psychologist and it's called self compassion by kristen mm-hmm. neff for me it was about um the power of being kind to yourself um i blamed myself a lot for um i blamed myself for missing out on these different milestones and actually going through the depression um and making stupid choices um awful choices that went against my values and i that's where i went to a place where i told my husband just to leave me because i i felt you know i deserved yeah. it I deserved to be alone. I deserved to suffer. And you know, that for me was my rock, my rock bottom. And this book of self-compassion helps um helps yourself, you know, through declaration and through love and through reflection and mindfulness. Mindfulness, I talk a lot about mindfulness mm-hmm. 
on how that helped my mental state on becoming strong again. Um, it's being mindful of those little those little things. Um, for me, I was always consumed with the the entire staircase, um, which didn't allow me to see these little moments in front of me and being mindful of what was in front of me. That's one step ahead of me um, to to really appreciate and and be grateful. Um, and that's what made me strong again. And, you know, I wasn't at 100% when I started. You know, I only started, you know, writing these blogs in, in March okay. of this year. And this community that I have met has had such a positive impact on my mental um, state. I thought, you know, you know, sometimes when you surround yourself with the same, the likelihood of the same people going through the same thing, it can very much put you into that greater hole. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Because you're hearing all these stories around you. But the fact that I've been able to give back, um, I started mentoring. Um, I started mentoring those who are just very earlier on in the um, their IVF journey, acting as a coach. And that alone just has given me purpose. Yeah. Um, it has given me a substantial amount of purpose and has empowered me with a lot of with a lot of um, strength, mentally, yeah. really. And then, so you mentioned support groups. Now, it, obviously, it's a little bit different in um, Canada as it is in the UK. Do you have any names of any support groups um, that were helpful or are helpful to you? Yeah, um, they're all they're all found on um, on. For, for me, at the very least, through through sorry, excuse me, Instagram, and we it was making you know small connections with some some members through the Instagram uh, platform. Um, this there's this girl called Monica, um, and she started her journey. Her um, Instagram name is my so called IBF. Um, and she has, she has significantly, she, and the reason why I found her so relatable is because she's gone through IVF. She's gone through the successes. She's gone through the, um, the failures and she has rallied up the troops and when I say rallied up the troops, it's you meet people very similar where um, through message platforms, you just, you, you, you talk, you, uh, you, you know, you give advice. And I know you had asked me for a specific name. There really isn't a name for these support yeah. groups. It's just, you just, you kind of, kind of clump together yeah. and start, um, and they're all done through Instagram. However, Monica, through Monica's sort of um, Instagram page, I was able to learn about um, a company. And when I say a company, a service called fruitful um and fruitful is you can you can sign up through fruit fruitful through different through different eyes you can either decide you want to be a mentor and you want to give back 
or you can choose, you want to be paired up with a mentored partner. If you've just started off going through the journey, if you, you know, you're struggling to conceive and you're, you know, you have a lot of questions because, you know, going through the process for me, I was like, I wish I knew a doctor. Yeah. I wish I knew a a, a fertility doctor because I have so many questions and I was Googling constantly. Um, And that to me was poison on its own. Um, But through this platform, for example, you know, I gave my story and they pair you up with someone who they feel would benefit from your what you have to offer. And I, for example, just recently got paired up with with a young woman who is in the very early stages of of fertility. And I guess and and this is not a Canada thing. Um, but it happened to be that the the girl that I pa- got paired up with is in fact from Canada, yeah. um, and it the chances were she even went to the, she is at the fertility clinic that I actually went to. So a huge they did such a great job in pairing the yeah. two of us because we have a lot in common, um, and I'm able to give her advice from you know simple questions to ask that she may not have thought of or little things on what has you know got made her feel anxious and being able to add a different perspective saying okay i know this makes you feel anxious so for example she was feeling anxious because they changed her protocol okay right her ivf protocol and i was saying i could understand why this is but you know i did this in my journey and this is this helped so she's like oh okay so that you know helped the anxiousness because I was able to give her a perspective of I had done this and guess what? I had a successful outcome. So it's giving her yeah. hope. So fruitful for anybody. And I and like I said, it this is not a, a Canada thing. This is an international um, platform. Okay. And it's it's an app that I downloaded on my smartphone where you sign up, it's free. You put in your, your profile and it pairs you up with someone very similar to to what you've experienced and it it helps significantly. Yeah, that sounds like it's a really useful app. Um, I might have to have yeah, a look at it myself sure. as well. And did you find that writing helped you a lot as well? Because you started, you said you started the blog in March. Yeah. Did you find that you uh, yeah. let out your emotions better writing it? Be- Absolutely, because um, I kept things very private. A lot of how I was feeling was in my head. And about when you look at self-compassion, you start to judge your feelings and you start to invalidate them. And when I started to write about them and talk about my journey, people started to validate my emotions. And I'm like, wow. So I'm not like I'm not alone and that for me was huge I'm not alone there's people out there that understand and were able to give me a different level of support because again they weren't giving me the story of be grateful you know it could be worse yeah have you tried this um maybe maybe you know you need to look into adoption which by any means like that 
it is an option for many, but you know, when you're going through the infertility journey, it's not something, it's not, it's not as easy as people think as the quick fix, right? So, um, absolutely. It, um, it was a, it was a great deal of help. So Stephanie, you've written a blog as well about your journey. Now, how can the listeners log on and read about this and how can they get in contact with you? So I can be found on um, the easiest way to find me is through Instagram. My uh, profile is called infertility is it's infertility underscore is underscore. Um, And I express my stories and blogs through there. Mm -hmm. Um, and that is the easiest way to get a hold of me. Uh, direct messaging me where many women do. If it's just a matter of, you know, asking a quick question, saying, listen, um, my doctor told me this. I'm contemplating this. Hey, I am no doctor by any means. So I want to make that very yeah. clear. A lot of what I sort of give back is in terms of my advice on my personal experience. Um, Because I, like I said, I've gone through success. I've had a successful outcome and I can share all the great things that I've done. But at the same time, I've also had failure and I've done the exact same things, right? Yes. You know, so if it's a matter of me sitting in a dark hole with you um, and sort of if you're having one of those days where you just don't want to get out of bed and you lose hope, I have been there for many women who have reached out, um, which we end up having, you know, relationships. You know, we've, we text back and forth. We Skype. We email. We share pictures. We share moments. Um, and... And that's, that's the way I've been giving back. Um, any way that I can help you because I totally understand what it feels like to need support um, and talk, please, please, I, I, it makes me happy. It gives me purpose. It even helps me emotionally to give back. Um, message me through, send me a quick DM um, through Instagram and, and I would love to connect yeah I'll, I will also add your Instagram details onto the episode so for anyone that wants to get in contact with you they can do um, but I'd just like to say um, you're doing a great job at the moment and I'm sure they're very that thanks there Claire. are lots of women out there that does need help they do need someone to speak to or just someone there to listen because um, like you said I mean, going through it is a real struggle and you do feel very isolated at times. And for me, when I was going through mine, I found that speaking to someone else that has gone through the same as me was yeah. probably the only person that could truly understand what I was feeling. Absolutely. Insane. Yeah, so, so you're doing yeah. an amazing job and keep it up. And, and so are you, Colette. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you for creating awareness. Thank you for having these platforms to really share and really change uh, the way we talk about fertility and making it so 
sort of aware yeah. and you're normalizing it and you're doing you're you're, you're inspiring thank you. so thank, thank you thank you tute and yeah so for everyone else please please have a read of stephanie's blog because it is an amazing read as well it has been written beautifully and very easy to understand um and in the meantime stephanie thank you so much for joining me on this podcast thank you colette thank you and for everybody else listening um please tune in next time to the road to motherhood <laughs>